Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Round 18 preview brought to you by Driving Mall. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, your best place for rugby opinion and prediction. And we're going to run through all of the games this week that are coming up this weekend. And to join me to do that, I have none other. Oh, come on, screen change there. And uh, Steve and Shane, how are you doing, boys? Very good. Too bad. So here I am in New Plymouth, New Zealand, with my fire going because it's absolutely freezing. And Shane, you've got your Hawaiian shirt on and uh, un- unbuttoned and warm and hot. And it's, it's, oh dear, it's just cruel. Cruel, I tell you. Oh, we've had a little bit of a, a warm spell, if you like, Paul, in, in northern New South Wales. It's around about, it was 23 degrees yesterday for the middle of winter. So it was, it's good to get the Hawaiian shirt, the shorts on and have some, uh, have a barbecue. Oh, my word. Um, no, dear me. No, it's whilst we've had some great clear skies and Mount Taranaki is looking fantastic. Um, I've got to say it has been cold, cold, cold. We've had Arctic conditions here. I've got snow on the mountain and uh, yeah, the cold air comes off that mountain. It's a bit nippy. It's probably a Steve all the way down in the south, practically living in the Antarctic with penguins um, down there. He probably thinks it's, it's kind of balmy warm up here, but uh, but for me, no, this is uh, it's all a little bit nippy. Um, evening to Christian Jack, who who I see in the live chat now. Hi, guys. Uh, the live chat is there uh, for both from both Periscope and YouTube. And if you put your questions up there, we can bring them on screen uh, and we'll have a chat about them as well. So kicking off um, on uh, Friday nights, our first game of the weekend is the table topping Crusaders against the Highlanders, who had a bit of a tough one last weekend away in Fiji. Was it all a bit too hot for them, Steve? Do you think the Highlanders can bounce back in uh, the, the colder um, Christchurch? And um, what do you think of the lineup tonight? Well, I think they'll probably be a bit more acclimatised to it. But um, before I talk too much about the match, I do want to bring up the fact that they have renamed the stadium Wyatt Crockett Stadium for this matchup for its 200th game. And, I mean, you've got to take a minute here and say to the guy, that that's phenomenal. That, it's just ridiculous that the the influence that he's had over the team and in Super Rugby for such a long time. So uh, big ups for him for that. Um, I'm not his biggest fan. Always been a bit of a knocker of him, but um, 200 games you cannot argue uh, with that. But um, looking at this game, I think two things I'm going to be most excited about for this well, one. I, I uh, just, well, if we're going to refer to that, let's let's have a quick um, quick chat about that. Uh, rugby Reg oh. from Green and Gold Rugby um, put up a quite amusing tweet. He said. Uh, uh, if you're going to rename it to uh, White Crockett, you've got no complaints if it suddenly decides to collapse halfway through the halfway through the uh, the game. And, uh, <laughs> some some questioning about White Crockett's uh, scrummaging ability maybe there. Um, so yeah, he's a, a little uh, um, a little dig. So anyway, but yeah, no congratulations to White Crockett. That is an amazing feat to get up to 200 um, caps. It's a bit rough. Fraud, <laughs> fraud, White. Anyway, on to the matchup, though. I've got two areas here uh, that I, I can't wait to see in this game, um, which is going to be the midfield battle. So I'm talking the Ty Ward and Rob Thompson, who have been amazing all season long for the Highlanders, going up against the Ryan Crotty and Jack Goodhue, who are almost, you'd say, the all-black uh, midfield choosing. Goodhue's he's, he's in the frame. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to on the backs. In the forwards, I think the back row uh, has a massive, massive battle. Squire Lynch's and Whitelock up against Bedwell, Curtis, Todd, and Reed. So there you go. There's another spoiler. Kieran Reed is back as well. So I'm sure you're going to want to talk about that one, him being back in the side for the first time. 
Um, but that's the two areas I think is going to be key um, in this game for me between these two sides. You talked about outdoors. That's going to be, you know, we've, it's, it's being talked about a bit more now too, whether it's actually a thing for the Highlanders, whether it's actually a problem for them. So this is going to be important that they actually do show up on this because they can't afford that first 40 minutes they did in Fiji. Um, that that was terrible. We all know about that. Um, but we talked about how good their defense is. But do you know, stat number one, stat man come at you, the Highlanders have made the most tackles of the competition. You know this? But you also notice they've conceded the most line breaks. So good defense, is it? Or is it just making tackles without the ball? That's the Highlanders style of rugby, isn't it? It's kick it away and make the other team play. So scrambling, now, interesting scrambling defense, I think it's called, when you, uh, when you manage to cover the line breaks and not give up points. True, but also another point, you look at that Crusaders line-out um, with players like Barrett and Whitelock uh, propping that up. You know, so they're the team that has turned over the least of their opponent's throws, which I found extremely surprising. A team with a pack, especially like that, uh, doesn't turn over more of the opposition throws. So I think Highlanders definitely have a chance here to, um, you know, if, if they can front up in the pack, uh, they could definitely uh, give it a shout. I mean, they've beaten them once already this season, why not twice? Well, the other one's at home, wasn't it? And that's and that's going back to... Oh, that's... Go That doesn't matter. <laughs> and going back to my, my, my prediction rules, uh, if you're looking at doing a New Zealand derby, always go for the home team. That's my, uh, that's my prediction rules. So, uh, unless it's the Blues, because the Blues, um, yes, just always lose against, uh, against um, other sides. Uh, but well, so, they'll be right, mate. <laughs> So Shane, aim Kieran Reid a play that uh, that you're a fan of. Good to have to see him back. Kieran Reid is definitely a player I'm a fan of, even if I am Australian. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that now that I've. That's one of the best news that I've heard all day, um, other than listening to the rabble on Australian politics. So we've got Crotty back as well. Um, and so a couple of old mates um, come back for White Crockett's 200th. And I know, and I've been on here before, and I've said it, White Crockett is my favourite prop of all time. After Ewan McKenzie, of course. But, um, <laughs> you know... He's red jersey tonight, but that, 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 that tells you something. It, 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 good on the bloke. You know, I hope that... Well, it's a battle of the South Island, and, and you've got a creative centre, crash it up centre in Ryan Crotty, the dynamic Jack Goodhue, Steve's mentioned Thompson, and, and what was the other chap's name again? Ty Warden. Ty Warden. Ty Warden. And um, you've got the Smith brothers, uh, sorry, not the Smith brothers, but the Lark brothers, the Smith boys in the Highlanders. You've got a very dynamic... Um, midfield um, battle between both the, the Highlanders forwards and, and the Crusaders forwards. So uh, it's going to be really, really intriguing. Points are on the line. The Highlanders will want to come back and prove themselves after the debacle in Fiji. Um, the Crusaders, well, they just prove points <laughs> every year that they, they come out and play. So... Uh, Go and get stuck in, boys. That's that's what I want, want to see as a fan. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Uh, the interesting to see Cody Taylor on the bench rather than starting. Uh, so being given, given a bit of a rest uh, this weekend, 
Uh, and when you look at sort of Cody Taylor, White Crockett and Al Alatoa coming off that bench, that's a pretty handy front row uh, to come off the bench after the hour mark. Um, the couple of interesting ones, I thought, for the Highlanders, a bit of a surprise to see the Barracuda on the wing. Uh, and uh, also, again, Ash Dixon uh, is on the bench um, with giving um, Liam Coltman the start uh, this time round. So a couple, of, uh, another one there. And also with um, Joshua Ione and Fletcher Smith, it looks like there are a couple that's um, in the 22 and 23 jerseys. The Highlanders are stacked with um, fly halves. Uh, but if uh, if they do lose one of those centres, expect um, Barracuda to move in and Fletcher Smith to go out on the wing, I think, or fall back and Ben Smith go on the wing. It's going to Any injuries in the back line is going to involve a whole bunch of... Uh, a bit of a reshuffle there for the Highlanders in that back line. Um, so some interesting uh, selections there. Um, Liam Squire and Elliot Dixon um, bracketed with each other, so not quite sure which one will actually start. Um, the, there isn't a suggestion that one would go to the bench, so it sounds like one of them would either play or the other one would go out at the match day 23 entirely, which is a bit strange. Yeah, I think Squire was actually is a bit 50-50 whether he's going to start the match. Um, so that's why they got that bracket on there. So I think they're not going to know on that until game day or close to it. Cool. Uh, but, yeah, apart from that, it's, it's going to be standard ones. So go on then, Steve. You've, you've already said the Highlands have won once this year. What's your prediction for the uh, for the, for the return game? Well, I, I said they've won once, but I don't think they're going to win twice. Um, the Crusaders are too much of a runaway horse, aren't they? And it's something when I recorded my preview, uh, that's just gone on my channel today, if you'd like to check it out as well. Um, table positions. Remember, we only got a couple of rounds left in the competition. This game, not too much of an effect. You've got the Crusaders who are galloping away with it, as they uh, have done most of the season. But for the Highlanders, this is a bit of a, a tentative period for them. Uh, they sit on 40 points. They've got a lot of teams around them. The Chiefs obviously leapfrog them with that victory uh, in Fiji. They're on 41. But they've got the Haguaras who are just behind them. And you're talking about those uh, playoff spots where obviously that's going to determine who they will possibly play in that top four. So they've got to look out. They could possibly drop below the Haguaras, the Highlanders, if they don't get a couple of good results, finish off their season. So um, they need to keep on here. And they need to get, really, ideally, two wins over the last couple of games. Um, but I don't think they're going to do it this weekend. And I do have the Crusaders by eight. You can buy eight. Oh wow, uh, Shane, how? what What's your What's your call this weekend? I think, I think, as I said, the Highlanders will obviously have something to prove, but it's the Crusaders that, and and I laugh because they just do it time and time and time again. They just prove this competition. Um, the, the, in terms of the way they play, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say just a little bit too much strength there, and about the Crusaders by ten. Uh, I'm going slightly, slightly less than both of you, but Crusaders by seven. I think we're all yeah unanimous there, the home side. And as I said, um, your prediction rules say New Zealand derby, go with the home team. Um, it's business time for the Crusaders, isn't it? This is when they click into gear. Absolutely. Uh, Typically, slow starters, not so much this year, but, you know, you get to that business end. So many professionals, experienced internationals, they, they just know when it's time that they've got to go. I think this whole um, slow starting business is uh, is out of date. Uh, and and uh, they're new. Um, with Razor as coach, he has uh, totally dispelled all of that. 
uh, and it's no longer an issue. I think that was a uh, that was that was a, a Blackadder um, problem, yeah. uh, not a uh, and that Razor has has fixed. And I say has fixed that one. So yeah, I don't think they, I don't think slow starters anymore. We then head over to Australia for the Reds versus the Rebels. Um, the Reds apparently wanting to tie down or, or suggesting that Brad Thorne should be their coach for the next ten years. Um, with the with the amazing record he's got so far, you can uh, you can see where they're coming from. Um, not I mean, geez, here's a guy. First, uh, Shane, you're 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 a Reds fan. Uh, Brad Thorne in his first season, not so, I mean, he's done. He's not done a bad job, but he's hardly done a fantastic one. What do you think about this ten year uh, ten year idea? Oh dear, bring back Link. Uh, Link, whoa. Um, look. He's certainly done his best. He's a first-year coach, and um, like any first-year coach, you've got to make some very, very tough decisions. Sorry, Quaid, you had to go, son, um, and and a few others had to go, and, and the young fellas had to come through. Um, but tying someone down for ten years, oh gee. You have to ask yourself some hard questions at Queensland, don't you? Every single year after 2013, as it's been, yeah, there's I mean, been the, nothing short of a debacle. Administration-wise, they're a bit of a mess. Um, now they haven't said they haven't said necessarily that they want to tie him down to a ten-year contract, but just they would like to see um, him there for ten years. Now, if he is there after ten years, after ten years successfully, is fine. But yeah, don't go giving a long-term contract. That's that's just crazy talk because um, you're never going to you won't be able to sack him and buy him out of it. But anyway, uh, with that, oh, way, um, the so what do you think of the the, the selection? We've got George Smith, Scott Hidden, Kingbottom, um, plenty of uh, experience in that uh, in that Reds pack. There is. Um, oh, sorry, go, Steve. No, yeah, yeah. go talk about your team. I will not stop <laughs> the man talking about his team. Uh, there, there is. But I suppose with our emblem, we've got a koala, and two koalas could probably do a better job. <laughs> and I think this is we're not we're not in contention for anything. So this is the time for the last two games to go and prove to the fans what what you what we're worth. And Higginbotham and Smith, uh, great. Well, Scotty is a great servant of the past, as as is George Smith. George Smith is coming to the end of his career in that back row. So, well, oh, he's got him signed for Bristol in the English Premiership for the next season. For the next season, so uh, he's not about to hang his boots up. He's still he's still uh, still thinks he's got more rugby in him. Uh, I, I, well, maybe, but. Radiki Samo would be probably better than Scott Higginbottom. Oh, no, I'm talking about George Smith, sorry, not Higginbottom. Oh, no, no, you're referring to Smith. I was pointing out that yeah. I would have probably had old Radiki back. <laughs> but the, I'd give some young fellas a go. I'd just keep with this young fella um, selection. We've got nothing to lose in our last couple of games, so... Good luck, boys. Get stuck in. <laughs> the Rebels yeah. are desperate. And you say that, you? you've got nothing to lose the last couple of games, and you're playing John O'Lance at 15, 
who is off to Worcester Warriors next season. Ain't why stick with him? Why not give someone else a go and uh, get some get some game time, as you say? Uh, sure, there have been defensive issues and um, maybe some kicking question, question marks around kicking, but you're not going to have him next year. So why not just bench him? Um, now that basically your chances of the playoffs are all gone, uh, so that, I mean, that's what I would do personally. Um, and then Steve, when we look at the the Rebels, uh, British and Irish line Jeff Parling in the in the row for them, uh, some more experience in uh, in in the pack. So both sides got a bit of a bit of experience going into this game. Yeah, this game to me is about. The forward pack of the Reds, which I think they have the edge in that area, versus the back line of the Rebels. That, that's the big thing for me. It's going to be which of the weaker of the two can combat the stronger of the other. So if the Rebels pack can show up and and nullify the effect that the Reds uh, forward pack could have, as they've shown in bits and pieces throughout the season, um, they should definitely control this game pretty well. I do think their back line overall is going to be too strong for what the Reds have to offer. It, it's amazing when you look... Um, at the Reds, and you sum up this season from what you've watched of them, and, you know, as you say in patches, they've, they've done really, really well, they've done some really good things, but their record, uh, I mean, they're second last on the table, um, they've only won four games, and they haven't even scored a four-try bonus point in the whole season. It was, when you break it down like that, they're not going very well at all. They're, they're going atrociously. Um, I agree with you on John Lance. I've been saying it for months now, that he's just got to, you know, fill in the squad and just, you know, help out in other places. They really seem to like playing Aiden Toller at fullback. Put him in the team. Start him at fullback. He's going to be your guy there um, next season, those sorts of things. So, yeah, I, I agree 100% with that, and uh, that's they need to keep developing. Um, but on the stat front, because we're always masterful stat here on your channel, Paul, the Rebels, did you know, are actually the uh, top run meter side in the competition. So... You, know, you can criticise the way they've played, but but they make the yards, and I think they're going to continue to clock them up, albeit against Australian opposition, but they're going to clock up a few here um, against the Reds, who their, their backline defence has been a bit shoddy this season. But also for the Rebels, they have to look at what I said in the last game, table position. They are eighth, so they're, they're right on the cutoff, and they have massive pressure on them. The Sharks... They're less than a win away from being jumped over. But also for the Rebels, they've got to look at the fact that they could also leap up the table. Um, talk of how the Hug Warriors are going to go for the rest of the season. As already mentioned them, they could go up and win, but they could also drop down if they don't win. So the Rebels, they need this win, not only to secure their spot, the playoffs, um, but to also not drop out of it completely. So this is a huge game, I think, for the Rebels, and they're going to be desperate. They're going to be really desperate to make that milestone of securing the playoffs. And um, the Reds, on the other hand, they've got nothing to play for. Um, they're not going to be anywhere near as desperate. So, you know, if the game's close, if it's tight, that, that you know, extra little 10% is not going to come the way of the Reds. Yeah, and it could come down to actually depth uh, in these tides. Obviously, uh, the Rebels have been missing uh, Will Genia, uh, and so Ruru starts again. But in the Reds... Um, their best back in Karevi uh, is also uh, missing as well. So um, those Reds backs do like to run with the ball, but as you say, can be a bit turnstilish on defence uh, at times. So, yeah, the, the, that's what the Rebels want to do. They want to get the ball into people like Jack Maddox, um, 
Corabetti, Dane Helipetti, get it out wide, running at those wingers, uh, and I think that's where what, what the Rebels will be looking at doing. Um, as you say, running the ball back rather than kicking it, I think, in this game, uh, we're, as you say, keep, keep, keep the ball in hand. So that's what I think we'll, um, we'll be seeing. I've gone for the for a home victory. Oh, sorry, for an away victory. Rebels by five. Oh. Um, Shane, are you going to back your boys, or do you think the Rebels are, are going to get up on this one? Well, Steve actually mentioned um, the bonus point try. Uh, the last time the Reds actually got the bonus point try was against the Rebels last year. Uh, so, um, uh, look... But the Rebels, I'd last, love to... the Rebels last year weren't half the force with Vessels. Um, so it's a different oh, level size, isn't it? I, I just wanted to point that one out. That's what I was for talking, a no. bit of moment of voice. Um, get your stats out there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for them. Look, the Rebels, Rebels by 15. I really think that they're going to get stuck in the midfield running and and out wide to Halepetti and Corabetti and... Um, I'd be interested to see if Hodge is playing 10. Um, well, he better keep the ball in hand, son. Don't throw some intercept passes because um, that's probably the only thing that's probably going to get the Reds over the line. <laughs> Other than that, I think it's going to be a comfortable Rebels victory. Um, Steve? Interesting. Uh, yeah, I've, I've gone for the Rebels. I'm, I'm kind of regretting my uh, margin that I'll put down because, you know, you bring up a few good points about how this game's probably going to go. But what concerns me about this red side is uh, the pressure. Like, oh, I'm a big fan of, of Stuart playing at fly half, but when you look through the rest of that back line, like you say, defensively not the greatest, but also on attack, they don't really play for each other uh, like, you, like you'd expect them to play. Uh, Stuart's really the only guy that's out there trying to create space for those guys outside and where the rest of them are mainly just bulldozers and um, try and out and out, outpace people. So uh, I feel it's going to be tough on him. It's a really hard learning season for him. But um, I've only gone the Rebels by four points. But um, hopefully it might be close and exciting. Hopefully. Yes, that's, a, so that, that, that's your Friday night over and done with. We then head into Saturday. Uh, and it's an early game uh, in Hamilton for the Chiefs versus the Brumbies. The Chiefs, obviously, with that stunning first half up in Fiji last weekend. And uh, we see the Weber-McKenzie uh, axis again. Um, no Triple T, um, Steve. I mean, well, there, there hardly has been all season, hasn't there? He's, he's not really had much of the favouritism nod, especially um, since the internationals, where you would have thought he would have taken over that position. But um, how can you argue with what the Chiefs have done? Uh, why would you? want to change anything in that side after the blitz of that first half versus the Highlanders. Um, and you look at this team and and the, the stats that surround them really point them towards being a, a forward-dominated team. Uh, they lead the, um, the pick-and-goes and, and stats like that um, around the forward pack. But um, it's a team that can really slice you to absolute pieces if you give them half a chance. And... They back that up with the fact that they also have the most line breaks in the competition as well. So it's a dangerous, dangerous side. Um, it's great to see players like Charlie Natai out there cleaning things up. Uh, they're getting a lot of um, comeback from Ali Mano. Players like him, they're just playing Ali skin. Nobody's at the start of the season. These guys are you know, super rugby, almost stars 
uh, now on this back line. And this season, we've looked at the Chiefs and gone, yeah, they're a bit light. They don't have the depth. They're getting hammered by injuries. Uh, they, they just churn out guys that can just step it up to the level. And, and they've got leaders in this team as well, which I think makes a big, big difference. When you've got guys like Liam Messon, I think, who's been such a massive part of, of the culture, a thing that the Chiefs take so um, well, make so important in the team. And he, he leads that from the front. And, and the team, um, like we've seen from the All Blacks as well, Oh, hang on, two seconds. What did, what did the armband say? Trust the process. And that's what the Chiefs are all about. Um, they are. But we're looking at missing some players. So Antoinette Brown is, is missing from that back line. Um, Sean Stevenson gets a, gets a rare start on the wing as well. Uh, and obviously they're missing one of Shane's favourite players. Brady Retallick still is, is, is out. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, they're not up to full, to, um, to full scratch by, by any stretch of the imagination, are they? They haven't been all season, well, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they, the guys just perform. I mean, why well, know he's been there all season? It's, it's not like they're losing anything. Stevenson is a fairly experienced Super Rugby player now. He's been around for a few seasons as well. It's not like they're bringing in these guys out of club rugby and expecting them to step up at this crucial part of, of the season. They're at home as well, which I think is going to be a big advantage for them. And um, like I say, the pack is performing. The, the guys that you'd question mark, I mean... Jacobson was was brilliant in the second half where they were under massive pressure against the Highlanders. He was a standout, um, and, and he's coming starting this game. So I think I think they're in safe hands. I, I had doubts about the Chiefs at the start of the year, but they really have um, brought in some fresh blood uh, to to not only their camp but to New Zealand rugby as well. And Shane, the Brumbies, um, another forward orientated team. Um, players like Pocock and, and Nazarani are going to be leading the effort there. Can can their line out more uh, get them uh, over the line against the Chiefs? Well, firstly, I've got to say that just brought tears to the eye of an Australian. <laughs> um, the way the Brumbies played fantastically against the Hurricanes. So well done, boys, on that. No, I'm going <laughs> to say that the, the Chiefs. Uh, uh, the Chiefs are a side that get stuck in in defence. And obviously, I'm a big fan of Retallica. Would have liked to have seen him um, absolutely destroy the Brumbies line out more. But um, I think they've still got the, the the cattle on the park, given that Waikato is a cattle area, I believe. And um, they the they know get, get get those bells yeah. out, yes. Whatever's in the milk in um, in Waikato is certainly working for the Chiefs boys. Um, the Brumbies have just got to... They got look. I'll, I'll say it again. The Brumbies have got to do things the old school way, the old school Aussie way, and that is run at the line, counter attack at the line, because the the Chiefs play a game. If you get at your square from your toolbox and mark it at angles of ninety degrees, that is how the Chiefs play. Very quick. They run at an angle, which allows McKenzie the gap through to give to his inside and outside backs, which I think is absolutely a wonderful way of rugby. So the Brumbies have got to watch the speed, but they've also got to make sure that they do the basics right. And if it means getting old school and getting stuck in, that's what they've got to do. And I think the Chiefs will just have too much... um, too much class there. 
on on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, another another player that's heading overseas, Carl Goodwin, uh, seems to have come back into favour over the last few weeks, which is a bit of a surprise. Um, they tried putting yeah, a good game. Yeah. They they tried they tried they tried putting Leofano at twelve, but that's uh, they've reverted back to putting him back at ten. I I, I see Leofano more as a, tw- uh, a distributing twelve than than a pardon me than a controlling ten. But there you go. Um, but with um, with Godwin and Kurindrani, they have got a decent midfield there. Uh, but it's really going to it's really going to have to be uh, that pack that shows up. Um, and a bit surprised to see um, Blake uh, Enver uh, uh, starting ahead of um, Richie Arnold. Um, so yeah, a bit of surprise there to see him to, to see uh, that, that Richie isn't going to start with Roy, Rory Arnold um, and, and have that, that 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 twin twin towers in the uh, in the second row. Um, <laughs> oh dear, Steve cringing, fantastic. So um, so even with that Hurricanes uh, uh, win last weekend, Shane, you're not going for the you're going for the Chiefs um, by how many? Well, they won by 18 last year. So, anywhere from about 13 to 18. Uh, the Brumbies, you know, I was singing Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, the way the, the Brumbies were playing against the Hurricanes. Paul, you'd know that pretty well. Actually, well, if you search Driving Mall, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot on YouTube, you can even hear. You can even get a video of me singing it. So if you want an, a, a, a a a unaccompanied a cappella solo of Swing Low Sweet Chariot, um, feel free to yeah give that a quick uh, quick search on YouTube. Um, so you're uh, going. <laughs> yeah. I'll be I'll be ringing the Mulu bells this weekend. <laughs> going for the Chiefs. You go for the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, I'm going Chiefs, but by a lot less. I'm going for the Chiefs by five. I think uh, I'm impressed by Brumbies. Resilience last weekend, Steve. Who's got it right? Are we go. Is it going to be a tight one, or are you looking at a bit of a blowout? I'm kind of in, in between the two of you. Um, I think yeah, the Brumbies will be definitely high on confidence. You definitely uh, take a lot from that win against the Hurricanes, but I, I just see they're just going to get carved to shreds in the back line. The, the Ford packs where it's going to be obviously they can try and get some advantage, but I I see the match up Natai versus Godwin, and I see well, there's only one winner there. And there's a lot of front football. There's a lot of go forward through that middle part, uh, unless he has, I mean, 20 times even what he played last week, which was decent by his standards. Um, so I'm going by 11 for the uh, Chiefs. By 11, wow. So, so, actually, uh, so yeah, in between us. Um, now we're going to have a quick, uh, a quick interlude here. So please, uh, just a reminder: uh, if you enjoy this, hit the old like button, and don't forget to subscribe if you're new uh, on the channel. Uh, if you're on, uh, watching the Periscope, then clearly hit the old retweet uh, and let all your friends know. Um, so don't forget to do that. After that early game, the evening game is the Canes versus the Blues. Now the Canes coming off a loss to the Brumbies, not looking uh, particularly uh, good over these last couple of weeks. And the Blues, with their with their lineup of um, back three players and not playing any centres, um, got the win last weekend is that harem scarum wild play of lots of back uh, lots of outside backs uh, going to help them here Shane oh dear this is eventually the drought like Australia's rugby drought against New Zealand sides 
have, had to end. And I think the Blues drought has to end some stage against their own opponents, <laughs> their own conference. They've got to... I, I reckon they've just got to go out there and prove a point. Um, the, the outside backs... Uh, it's it's interesting because uh, was Sonny Sonny Bill was out last week, wasn't he, with injury? Yeah, Sonny Bill's out for the rest of the season, as far as Blues concerned. He probably will miss the first rugby championship game as well. So again, we've got the the the, the same back line um, from for, for the Blues, which is Pulu, obviously at scrum half with Perifetta um, running things, Rico and Michael Collins in the the centre partnership, and then Caleb Clark, Milani Nanai uh, on the wings, and Duffy at fullback. I'm going to have to defend Tano Umagi and say that he's doing the best with the cattle he's got to, to put on the park there. It's uh, Obviously, people would like to have seen Sonny out there and, and Rico on the wing, and, and there's no um, dispute there. But one person I will give a big rap to is the other Iwani brother, Akira. Um, he got through a lot of work last week, and he's probably going to have to get through a lot of work this week against against a very, very good Hurricanes pack and a very, very good backline and all round side. So, some Steve, talking about the Hurricanes, Steve. Some interesting selections. Ardi Surveyor still out, um, injured, um, but Brad Shields comes back for his hundredth cap. Um, so uh, he comes. Um, uh, comes back, and then we uh, also have um, Ben Lamb has been dropped to the bench. He is uh, um, the the man who couldn't do anything wrong earlier in the season. Now uh, has been jettisoned, and Wes Hooson at uh, outside centre. Um, I've seen him as a winger, but uh, it's the first time I've seen him um, step into the thirteen jersey. Well, I mean, it gives us a bit of backing now, doesn't it, for those of us who said, no, he shouldn't be in all black in those June internationals that everyone uh, threw ice creams and rotten fruit at us. So um, now we can say, told you so, he can't even make the, the Hurricane side now. He did look average uh, last week, oh, and he's a far cry from, from what we expect, from what we've seen from him in the past. But yeah, interesting, I think the most, um, the biggest part of this lineup is that Bowden Barrett is back at fly half. Um, Nothing against old Garden Bishop. Well, we could put saying against him because he really isn't at the calibre of being at a, at a good Super Rugby level. And, and he, he, that team changes massively without that threat of, of Bowden Barrett, who can do as much as his outside backs can do. So huge to have him back. Um, the, the English import, you talked about Brad Shields. Yep, he's there for 100 games as well. So uh, well done for him, but um, no one really cares about him anymore. Uh, but Milner Scudder, good to see Milner Scudder back in the team. No, no one cares about Brad Shields. He's a pom. He can, he can go. Out the door, 100 games. Thank you for your service, Brad. See you later. Um, we'll see you at the World Cup or at the end of your tour. That's fine. Um, but the Hurricanes, who we're talking about, uh, yeah, still look really, really dangerous. Uh, very good side. Houston, I think, is a very adaptable player. He can move around most of that backline positions. Um, definitely outside backs is, is his preferred sort of area. But um, a good little player, I think. Definitely an underrated player uh, for the Hurricanes. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm liking this team. But uh, they had two very average wingers uh, last week, which they can't afford to keep doing that if they want to keep up these or get these wins back flowing um, in the capital. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other player we should talk about, um, Jerome Kano, will become the second most capped Blues player ever, um, overtaking. Oh, I've gone blank. So he's overtaken the prop guy. Um, I want to say Woodcock, but I don't mean Woodcock. Oh, beep. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, just behind um, Kevin Mialamu, um, who is the the most capped um, ever Blue. So, uh, so yeah. So he's going to he, he becomes the second most capped ever Blue. Um, and it would be great to see if he could do something like Liam Messam's done um, and, uh, and, and, and show a bit more of his uh, sort of a bit of a Indian summer to his, uh, to his career. But yeah, I've not been, I, I think uh, Kane's more physical ah. style is, pardon? Tony Woodcock. Tony Woodcock, yes. <laughs> um, uh, has, uh, uh, perhaps isn't, isn't quite suited um, for, for that, kind of, uh, that, that, that kind of thing. Um, so I yeah I've with with Bowden Barrett back I mean I'm, I made my prediction before we actually knew the lineups um, and I went the Hurricanes by three because they have not been great even with Bowden Barrett back for the um, for the last few weeks they had those two losses going into the uh, international break admittedly those were away games um, against New Zealand opposition as New Zealand eyes not home games uh, but so yeah so I'm just going to um, the the Canes by three. Uh, I think this is the best opportunity the Blues have had in a long time to try and get themselves that uh, elusive derby win, but I, 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 I think they're going to kind of come up just short. Uh, Shane, by how many? And, uh, and I'm assuming you're going with the Canes. Yeah, I'm going with the Hurricanes, but uh, you'd, you'd like the Blues to to get stuck in and, and get prove a point. I'd say the Hurricanes by 10. Oh, Steve? Yeah, this is my biggest margin of the weekend, this one. And I think the Hurricanes don't have a choice here but to, to start winning again because that, that home quarterfinal is under pressure. And it's under pressure by the Chiefs especially and the Highlanders if they can get a win uh, this weekend as well because they've only got a four-point lead over the Chiefs. So um, the pressure is on. The Hurricanes get this result. They've got to bring all the big guns back. They've done it. Um, now they've got to perform expectation is getting high and I've gone the Hurricanes by 15 they're going to click bang and a good point is that they have to uh, they really do have to win this uh, if they win this weekend then you've got to say they haven't got much chance in the, the finals as being said in the live chat also um, uh, Colkin Matthew for on, on Periscope so I guess it's going to take a little um, divergence here uh, and the Force host um, Samoa um, this weekend in the World Series uh, I must. Be, I've not been watching this, but Shane, I know you've been keeping an eye on the World Series uh, and uh, and how it's how it's all going. How do you see the force? How do you see the force going against uh, the against, against Samoa? Well, they played. This is going to be a good um, example. Probably not the best example of a gauge of how the force are overall going, but I think they'll get the win. Uh, they, they played very well against Fiji and Tonga um, in in their first couple of games. Uh, but this is also a good chance for some of the Samoan boys to um, prove their medal. And um, also it's giving, this competition is giving the island, our island neighbours a, a chance to, to have a run around. So uh, I haven't seen the line-up for the, for the Western force of putting on the um, on the park but 
the Western Force obviously will be playing in the National Rugby Championship as well. So they'll, um, and that's starting in, a, in about six weeks' time. So they'll want to have a good run out and enjoy the run out and, and see if they can get a good result. Um, I get one, the, one of the, the points, what was one of the things to mention about the, on the Samoa side is because of the whole shenanigans that's been happening with the, uh, the World um, Rugby World Cup um, qualification. They weren't supposed to be playing this weekend, uh, but because that's happened, uh, they will actually be having to. They're going to have to field a side against Germany uh, in the Rugby World Cup qualification, and field a side against um, the Western Force uh, on the same day. So, uh, obviously, they can't fly players between Perth and wherever they're playing in Germany. Um, but uh, so yeah, it's going to have to be uh, separate squads, obviously, uh, for those. Uh I think you'll find, Paul, that it will be more like a Samoa A or a Samoa B sort of side. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so it'll be, but that's that's still a good thing for the development of of these players to have a have a run out and enjoy the run out, and uh, and I think they'll do that, and hopefully there's going to be some entertaining rugby because the. The game that the force played against Fiji and the game they played against Tonga had some some big hits and some some good running rugby. So I expect more of the same. All right, should be a good run. Uh, Steve, have you been keeping an eye force, on the uh, force by ten? Force by ten. Uh, I, whoa. Okay, Steve, have you been uh, keeping an eye on the World <laughs> Series? And any idea what to, what to expect in this one? Uh, marginally, followed it a little bit uh, as it's been going on. Um, the ins and outs and, and things like that. But uh, I mean, Shane's nailed most of it on the head, really, about what this competition is all about. It, it's great for the force and their fans and that area of Australia to get the rugby back, which is what we all complained about when they got rid of the force. Um, but they've made it so they're having an impact throughout what most people want to see, which is, is getting these uh, island countries a bit of rugby, that exposure. And um, it's it's all around us a good thing. And, and to, to have those other sides coming in as well, like we've seen from the Rebels and the Crusaders over the international break, uh, gives it, you know, just a little bit more of a um, respectability, I guess, to the competition. And, um, yeah, good on the force. And uh, yeah, they've been going pretty well. So you can't argue with their form um, against uh, most of the sides out there. So, yeah, I mean, that World Cup qualifying uh, match is a bit unlucky, isn't it, really, for the, the poor old Samoans. So I think I know what they're going to prioritise. And, um, I mean, after the first league, it should be a coast for them, really, shouldn't it? I should be. I mean, they beat Germany 15 at 66. Um, or oh, sorry, 66 15 in the first leg. Uh, so, yeah, so they, they, they should coast it. And by the way, both these games, both the Western Force Samoa game and the uh, Germany Samoa game, aren't this weekend, they're next weekend, the weekend after. So, in nine days' time. So, yeah, so the Force aren't actually playing this weekend. Right. Back to um, Super Rugby action. And after the. Uh, we go from one capital to. Actually, not a capital at all. Sydney's not the capital of Australia, is it? What was I thinking? Um, I was going to jump from, uh, so yeah, so anyway, so we'll, we'll go from Wellington to Sydney anyway. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, the, the, the Waratahs obviously look like they cemented top of the Australian Conference um, last weekend. Now the big question is, can they overtake the Lions to try and get themselves second seed uh, above um, rather than the third seed? Um, pretty settled side uh, that we've seen before. I mean, yeah, Phipps, Foley, Beal, Rona, um, still missing Hooper though, um, Shane. Going to be a big loss for them. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, Hooper would, would have been very critical to, to break down plays, particularly against the New Zealand and, and bigger South African sides come finals finals time, but that's no, that's not to be. But the, the Sunwolves... The Sunwolves have done pretty well um, for, for, for a gauge of their season, but the Waratahs will want to stamp their authority on on, on Saturday night. They really want to put their... They, they want to win the, the conference and get the job done. And with with Beal and Foley, Fibs, um, Falau's back, I believe, um, no, Voro... And, and still a very good forward pack. Um, they'll they'll want to put on points and put on points quickly, and then I'd reckon by about that fifty minute mark, start to give some of the bench a go and and get get the guys ready for the next week, which is the Brumbies, which is always a big clash for them. So so I think you'll see players being rested pretty early in the game. I think I'm, I'm I'm thinking that the Tars are gonna gonna probably win it comfortably enough. Really? Because they, they, um, Steve, the Sunwolves in the last sort of three proper games beat the Reds at home, beat uh, the Stormers in uh, Hong Kong, and then beat the Bulls in Singapore. Sure, there are a couple of losses on their last trip down to Australia, but their international players were away in camp. Um, so the last sort of three real games, they've come away with three with three, with three wins. Can they uh, can they keep that run going in Sydney? Well, I think the key things you spoke about, though, like a couple of those last wins were in Hong Kong and in Singapore. Um, not the home ground official, but it's still part of their home group. I mean, it's still home fans, isn't it? But I, you, you can't take that away from them too much. They have been a very tenacious side. You cannot discount them. They seem to always, even if they're behind by 40 or 50 points, they seem to be putting in a good shift, and they, they never really give up. And that's starting to actually come into effect now, and they're actually being able to stay into the games, which is massive for them. I think the form of Hayden Parker and the type of player he is this season has transformed the side um, into one that can actually be taken a little bit more seriously uh, with a guy, old school, Fly Harpers, and he kind of he kicks very well. Uh, he gives them territorial base to run their game off, and he distributes very, very well. Um, he, he controls the flow of their game, and, I mean, for a guy that has sat at the Highlanders for so long, learnt the game over their best seasons, you've got to say, behind, you know, some very, very good players there as well. Uh, he's taken that, and he has really built uh, a great little career for himself there. And, I mean, I look at that team, and, and there's some real talent in that side, like a backline um, with Yamada, Little, Emery, Masarewa. That's some decent little players in there as well, but it's their pack that I think has really um, stood up tall again this season. There were some it's important players in there as well that really boosts the side, but they can never be taken for granted. And I think if the Waratahs, Shane, like you said, if they do that, 50 minutes, they start to throw everyone off and give them a bit of a rest, might not be to their advantage because you've got to look at the table here for the Waratahs. They're not out of the woods. You can say they are attacking the Lions for that second spot, but they need to watch the Rebels here because we're all saying the Rebels are going to pick up a victory against the Reds. Um, the difference between them is only four points. And, I mean, how close was that game 
um, between the Waratahs and the Rebels, where it could have easily gone the other way. So they are not clean in a way just yet. They'll be desperate to win this and win this well because they know that's going to secure them Australia and that's going to put them in a position for postseason. And the next week isn't so important. You don't want to go into a crucial game against a team like the Brumbies. Uh, we have to do it all after slipping up, you could still say, against the Sunwolves. Yeah, I think the Sunwolves uh, are going to score points. That's one of the things they have done this mm. season is they, they, they've had some lovely attacking moves by their backs and they've got, got some serious pace out there. So they will score some points, but they also have a tendency to leak points as well. And you say with the way that Hayden Parker's kicking has gone over the last five or six games, you really have to... Uh, the, the, the key thing for the Waratahs is going to be discipline. Uh, and if they keep their discipline, don't give up too many penalties, then they will starve the, the, the Sunwolves of, of some points. That uh, That's how they, they, their previous game, they managed to keep that scoreboard ticking over through his kicking, uh, and that sort of helped them along. But some, So I think that, that's going to be key, is, is, is Waratahs' discipline. Um, even with the, that's, uh, those good results from the Sunwolves, I'm back in the Tars by three in this one. So I think there is a small chance. Uh, well, I think there's a fair, fair chance. Uh, I think it's going to be a t- tight one. I don't think they're going to rest players in the same way that Shane has said. Um, Steve, what's your margin? I think Shane said about 15. What do you, what's, uh... Yep, um, I'm going with the Waratahs still to pull this one away. Um, you talk about Hayden Park's kicking, just, just to throw a stat out there. He's actually the best kicker in the competition to take um, more than 20 kicks. Um, so he's kicking at 97%, um, which is pretty phenomenal considering he's taken 23 kicks. He's missed one. Um, so, yeah, he, he is an integral part to how the Sunwolves team's going to go. But, yes, yeah, still going with the Waratahs. Well, that's, um, that's, that's nearly Marty Banks' level. <laughs> nearly. Not quite. No one reaches Marty Banks' level. <laughs> still going oh. Waratahs by nine. <laughs> cool. And before we uh, jump on to the last two games, uh, if you want to support and help Driving More, the best way you can do that is to let all your mates know about us uh, and about the show. So please do tell them. Um, and uh, obviously you can also use social media to do that or you can get old school and actually use words uh, and your voice uh, so either way uh, do let them know about Driving More if you'd like to support us um, financially then uh, Patreon is the best way uh, for just a dollar a month um, you can support us so uh, that will be in the pinned comments the link for that for um, uh, sorry it's in the notes on, on YouTube and it's in my pinned uh, tweet on Twitter if you'd like to help support Driving More um, so the last two games, we've not got the squads for these yet, um, so we can't go through the players. But um, one of the um, uh, Andre in the chat has been saying that the Jaguars are not going to win another game this season, um, and that's who's up next. It's the Bulls versus the Jaguars. Jaguars on a run of seven wins. Shane uh, is, uh, is 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 Andre right that this that the that it's the end of the road? for the Haguaris, or are they going to power on through and win the Africa Conference? Well, I, I thought the Bulls would have narrowly got away with it last week, and, I, and they didn't. Um, uh, look, you know, the the Hawaris are obviously a, a, a different... Well, they play a lot differently under Ledesma than they did it with Hakade, um, the, the test coach that's been sacked. So they've obviously come into an atmosphere that they've enjoyed in Super Rugby. Um, I don't know where the sediment that they could 
um, lose all the rest of their games is coming from because I think they're every chance of, of beating the Bulls again. And only about four weeks ago, did so by 30. So, um, yeah, I think the Hawaris will start favourites because of their forward pack and, and, and their mobile backs and, and they'll play a, a game that is on the level of the Bulls, so the Bulls are going to match it. And Steve, the, uh, obviously, um, John Mitchell at the Bulls uh, has gotten much better at home than away, uh, but they did get that poor loss to, uh, to the Sunwolves last weekend. And that's, historically, they've never really travelled well. So uh, in the high veld at altitude, is that going to be enough to um, see off the, the this the marauding cats of the Hagwaris? Now, the start of the season. Remember, remember round one of the season. The Bulls just stunned us all to delight. We we're all so happy that this team that we had all talked about how rubbish they're going to be just made an amazing start to the season. I ask you one question: Where the hell is that team gone? Because they are nowhere <laughs> at all. I mean, they have fallen off. You look at that first game from the Bulls, and the big thing about them was their offloads from their big guys, mainly their second rowers. That was massive. They are the 12th team for offloads in the competition at this stage. Nowhere in, in reckoning to, to a front runner. So that, that part of the game is gone and, and swiftly gone out of it. Their, their last place at gaining their advantage line percentage. That's not going to win your games at all. They're last for tackle busts. They're 13th for line breaks. They don't attack. They can't offload anymore. And they just seem to be bumbling around the field. It's what most of us were saying at the start of the season this Bulls team are going to be. And eventually, I guess uh, we can throw back that rotten fruit and say, told you so. But hey, the Hagwire is on the other side. This this is a fun story. Now, I don't know, you guys in the chat, maybe uh, a bit of hate on the Hagwire side, but they could secure a playoff point, this or playoff position, I say, this weekend, if they win for bonus point. Might still do it without the bonus point, might not need to win at all. But if they get that bonus point, that's it. They're in. They're booked. Book the planes. Get your accommodation, because the Hagwire will be in the playoffs somewhere. They have just changed their game Massively this season. Um, the big things we talked about, they've only conceded five yellow cards this year. But, um, I mean, they're not that much better than the Bulls when it comes to the stats either. They're still 10th, um, 11th, sorry, with the line breaks. And so they're not doing that too well. But I think defensively is where they've picked up because they're one of the better sides for not missing tackles and um, conceding line breaks as well. So that has definitely changed around this season. Defensiveness and discipline uh, has transformed the Saguaro side. Coach, maybe? Uh, atmosphere, environment? Possibly that is the answer to the side. Uh, but they have definitely... Man, seven on the trot? <laughs> Should have put ten bucks on that at the TAB, I tell you. <laughs> um, Chris goes, maybe it's a tough road trip. Um, yes, it is a tough road trip for the, for the Saguaro. But the Saguaro went to Australia, won twice. Came to New Zealand after that, won twice. Uh, so they can win on the road. Sure, their last three wins have all been at home. And remember, they've been at home now um, for those three games, but also for those uh, three uh, weekends in June as well, for the um, actually four weekends in June because they finished uh, a week earlier. So they've been in Argentina for the past um, I think what must nearly eight weeks, seven or eight weeks. So 
this is their, so they've had time to get uh, get rested, ready for this trip um, off to, to to the Bulls. Um, as you say, I think one of the things we'll be careful about with Hagarai's we look at from as far as st- season stats go is um, basically they've won their last seven. Um, so the first half of their season is stats wise should be irrelevant um, to them because of ha- how of, of the run they're on now. So I'm I'm totally on uh, the. Or um, a signed-up member of the uh, Hagaris pack. I'm trying to find the right the right word, um, but they're not. That's, that, that pack would be dogs, wouldn't it, rather than rather than cats. Um, and uh, I think they're going to see off the bulls' herd. But hey, here we go. Um, oh. I'm back in the, the Hagaris by five. Shane, how? Which way are you going? Well, I think uh, it would be within a bull's roar uh, oh. of me to say that. I'm, I'm going for the Hilarious as well. I think my five. I think, um, you know, I just think there's just something that's. This is the special story of Super Rugby this year. This is the story that's won a lot of fans and admiration. And those chaps with Mario Ledesma as their coach ought to be very, very proud of what they've achieved so far. Get stuck in, boys, and get the win. Um, Steve, before I come to you, I'm going to just uh, try and sway you with uh, with, with a comment from uh, from Andre. Let's bring it up on on screen. Um, Loftus-Vestel, uh, Loftus-Vestel is a beep place to go, um, and the people go out of their way to make up to make it unpleasant for the away team. Tough outing for the for the Jags. Yes, um, yeah, this is the sort of place where the fans will throw um, their beers over you. Uh, and uh, um, and perhaps even um, throw a few punches if you get too close to the crowd. It's not a pleasant place to go. It's perhaps one of the one of the few places actually I don't want to go watch rugby because I don't think it'd be that fun with the crowd. So maybe Steve, uh, could the Hagwires be unsettled by all of that? Or, or what, what's your number? What, 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 give, give us your prediction. Well, possibly, but you've got to look at the mental space that this team's been in and how it's evolved over the last season. Um, I think they're in a lot better place than they have been. Yes, in previous seasons, the Bulls could have lost every game of the season and they could have gone near the Jaguars and just completely gone off their game. It, it is a tough game to pick. I, I see the comments, a lot of them saying it is a tough one to pick, but it's, it's hard to ignore form. If all their wins had been at home, you could say, yep, they, they don't like to travel. But to, to come to Australia and then New Zealand, four games on the trot and produce performances like that, uh, these guys these guys have got something about them. Um I, I can't help but put it past the environment that's created in that team. And these guys just want to play and they want to win. Um, and things have changed. They want to be there. And like they say, they're trusting the process and they've got the game plan. They know what to do. So they'll, they'll convert it nicely into that. And I think um, the Hargaroes will make the leap because I didn't want to be left out um, into the playoffs. And they're going to win this one by three. Close, though. It's going to be very close. So you're, you're going slightly closer than us. So finally, um, we have the Stormers. Um, versus the Sharks, um, which who is going to get schooled? Oh, um, the here. So um, just to just to go on, on the uh, uh, a few stats on this one. So the Stormers um, have uh, uh, won all their home games bar two uh, against the Lions and I think it was the Chiefs. Um, whereas the Sharks haven't won away all season. So um, Steve, with those stats. Uh, this this one's sort of home win all over it, isn't it? 
Well, going by those states, you'd have to say that the Stormers will blow them away. But um, you just never know. <laughs> you just never know with the Sharks. I'm, I've said it all season long. I'm a huge fan of the Sharks team. I want them to play well. And, and they did last round as well. I think they had probably one of the better games of recent times. You know, picking up a win against the Lions. First time a South African team's beat them two years, isn't it? Something like that. It's, it's phenomenal that they've come to get to that point. But the question is... What follows that? Because we've seen from the Sharks throughout the season, yes, they can produce an amazing game, brilliant games, normally at home as well, um, and then follow that up by just some atrocious play straight after it and, and terrible performances. So um, the Sharks are running very, very mostly cold, but sometimes a little hot. But, um, you know, if they get their game right, uh, these Stormers uh, definitely are beatable because they're... Well, they were great for the first most part of the season, but their home form has definitely dropped off in the latter part, uh, going down to the Lions just a couple of weeks ago or a couple of rounds ago. Of course, didn't really help them either. And so, I mean, they've got to keep on winning as well. So, tough one, but my pick may surprise you. So, the Stormers really are, are out of the, of the playoff picture, but the Sharks are only three points behind the Rebels, so still in with a, uh, an outside chance. So, Shane... Uh, home advantage going to be enough or um, the greater uh, hunger of making the playoffs uh, for the away side? Well, as I said last week, the Sharks are like a Volvo car. They're either perfect or they're not. And, and they obviously got the win against the Lions, so they, they proved the test drive was, was worth buying for the... <laughs> but the... The you're now watching a game between two Volvo cars because both of them can be perfect on their day. Um, the the essence of the Sharks is that they have so much potential. Like Steve said, they won three out of the four games against New Zealand sides. They only had a draw against one of our sides and because the Sunwolves are in our conference, they beat them. So, and they've obviously your home conference games are the key and there'll be incentive for them to perform against the Stormers and, and try and themselves get a, get into the final. So I just, I like the Sharks when they're, when they're hot. Because they've got a good back line, they've got a mobile set of forwards, they can play a very fast line speed of rugby. Um, so can the Stormers. Oh gee, I reckon it'll be tight uh, at Newlands uh, uh, because the Stormers have a big crowd there. Um, it's a big derby game, as, as these derby games always are in South Africa. Uh, so the volatility of picking a winner here is going to be quite hard for me. Get off the fence. Who's it going to be? Which way is it going to, which way is it going to go? <laughs> the Sharks by the bare minimum. So the Sharks by one, hey? Um, I'm, I just can't uh, look past that home, home field advantage and the fact that South African teams just can't travel uh, down the road, uh, never mind to another city. Uh, so I'm backing the Stormers, as uh, Steve says, to blow them away by three. Um, and Steve, which you, you said you surprised us. So which way, which which which, which flip flop way are you going to go? 
Uh, Shane stole my thunder here, but I'm going to steal his analogy because these are both Volvo cars that don't like to leave the garage. Um, <laughs> so it's it's going to be one um, tough to pick. But yeah, I, I am going probably against the trend and going to go by the Sharks by two was my pick. But you stole my thunder. Jeez, Shane. Sorry. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd be the only one to pick the Sharks, but hot two weeks in a row. That's what I'm going for. Oh, well, Andre in the chat, being a Sharks fan, has also gone for the Sharks, um, as has Christian, and Jack's going my way with the with the Stormers. So, um, And uh, King Bilko has also, what was it, Bilko um, has also gone Stormers. He's gone Stormers by 14, um, so he's expecting a bit of a blowout there. So um, so that's how we, uh, so yeah, we think that last one's going to be very close. It's basically a coin flip. Um, I think really the bounce of the ball is going to decide that final one. Um, thank you very much for joining me, fellas. Um, Steve, why don't you let people know where they can get your fantastic previews and other gaming rugby videos? Yep, you can find me uh, at Cornflakes Crib. That's uh, all you need to know uh, on YouTube and on Twitter. Um, at Cornflakers, probably should be sitting around here. Hopefully, for you all to come and say hi, have a bit of a chat on Twitter. We always have some good action going on over the weekend of games and plenty of videos going up during the weeks as well. And hopefully, We'll go for a Sharks win, and then we can see a nice, tight playoffs race next weekend. Because I don't want to see the Rebels win and the Sharks lose, because then your top eight's already sorted. So let's go for some knockout rugby a week early. <laughs> Shane, let people know how they can uh, get hold of you and have a good, good old chat. I'm at school of mate, S-C-O-O-L-M-8 on Twitter. Come talk rugby. So always up for a rugby chat, so comments down below, or you can catch me on Twitter at Driving Mall. Don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe if it's your first time here, retweet, let all your friends know, and obviously don't forget that whole Patreon thing if you want to support us financially, um, because, you know, all of this lovely software that lets me do stuff on Periscope and YouTube at the same time, and all these lovely graphics and stuff, all unfortunately costs a bit of money. So uh, if you can help, that'd be much appreciated, and enjoy whatever rugby you're watching this weekend. <laughs>